hey, Pastor Kirk did this last week in his message and so thought, I can do that. And uh, I want to start out this message by, by giving you guys a little praise. Like, let's start out this message by celebrating all that God has done right here at the Egan campus in 2020. Since January 1st, 2020, we have seen over 160 people commit their lives to Jesus. Can we just, like... That's worth clapping about, and, and that's why we're here, right? And, and just, this is even awesome, uh, just since we came back to live services uh, just a couple months ago, we've seen 50, about 50 people commit their lives to Jesus. Can we clap for that one? I got, I got one more. Last, this, this Wednesday night at youth, even though they had lower numbers at youth this week than normal, they saw four students give their life to Jesus right here, right now. God is doing things. And I think it's good for us to share that because we got to know that it doesn't matter what we're facing here on this earth. The mission hasn't changed. Jesus is still on the throne and we are still going after lost and hurting people. Amen? Amen. Well, today I want to ask you a question. I'm just going to start out. I'm going to say a word and I want, I, want, I want some live feedback. Tests. Tests. Like the tests that you take. Uh, in school or whatever, tests, good or bad? Come on, like, just get, like, I know, like, bad, okay, all right. So, but uh, are they necessary? Are tests really necessary? Like, do we, come on, do we really need to do all this stuff? It's kind of crazy, is it? Are tests painful? Yes. 100% tests are painful. I don't want to test. I don't want to study for a test. Okay, transparent moment. Uh, I don't do good with tests. I found this out in college that I literally go like the opposite direction. You're supposed to study more. I actually kind of go into this closet and hide because I'm just, I don't know, I don't like tests. I'm just being honest. But anyway, James, the brother of Jesus, didn't know Jesus did have a brother, half-brother James, uh, became a disciple. He was an amazing apostle, actually, in the early church, and he wrote words talking about tests that still uh, minister to us today. And I want to read this to you. It's James 1, verse 2. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect, complete, needing nothing. Isn't that awesome? I've read that. I'm like, man, what's that like? Because I'm not there yet. I'm just being honest. And, uh, but you know that our mission, Paul's mission, was to create and build up the church so that we were mature believers in Jesus. Uh, William, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Warren Worsby, he is an amazing commentary uh, of the whole Bible. And I love his commentaries. It's really helpful for me. I love reading his insights and stuff. He wrote this. He said, the devil tempts us to destroy our faith, but God tests us to develop our faith because a faith that can't be tested can't be trusted. False faith withers in times of trial, but true faith keeps uh, takes deeper root, grows, and brings glory to God. Ultimately, brings glory to God. That's an amazing statement right there. I could even preach just on that paragraph alone today. But uh, no wonder First Peter, the apostle Peter, he also wrote to the early church, and he was encouraging the early church that was suffering persecution. And he said this in First Peter 1, he said, verse 5, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive his salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. 
So be glad, truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure trials, many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine and it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Amen? Isn't that awesome? I hope we just clap, because I love scriptures like that, that just kind of sum it up. And today, we're in the third week, Pastor Rob a couple weeks ago kicked off this message on, 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 on Daniel, on, on the three stands that Daniel had. What chapter are we in? That's the question we've been asking. And, uh, and last week, again, Pastor, Pastor Kirk preached a great message on Daniel chapter one, how Daniel stood out in his convictions. And to be clear, when we're talking about these standing, standing up, standing out, uh, we're talking about standing up and standing out in our holy, like the Holy Spirit-given convictions, okay? Not our self-centered opinions. I know we all got opinions, and they're all great, uh, but, uh, but we're talking about God-given convictions. We should stand up in our convictions, right? Amen? Uh, now, Daniel took a stand in his convictions because he wasn't going to let something like uh, food violate his faith in God. And, and he stood up, and what's so cool is when he stood up and he stood out, God stepped in and God provided wisdom and understanding and favor for Daniel and his buddies. It, said, it was said that when the king interviewed him, like he was 10 times better than anybody else, and then the king gave him a high position in his kingdom. That's what happened for Daniel. Now, I want to talk about tests or testing, and you know, like we get tested in these classes and stuff, and I just want to, you know, when we get these tests and have these tests, and I'm talking to all of us, I know there's some students in here, but, but it doesn't mean the teacher is like demonic or from the devil or, or mean or mad at us, like that's not what happens in tests. I know some of us believe that, okay, I understand, but... When we take a class, like, we expect the test, right? I mean, we know that, like, if we're going to learn something, at some point we should see if we've actually learned it, right? So there's a point to every test. I mean, when Daniel and his buddies, like, they, they took a stand, and in their convictions, God helped them out, and then they passed the test, and God took them to another level. There's always a point to the test, right? So you see, it's normal, and we ought to expect our faith to be tested, it needs to be tested. And you might be like, well, why? Because God loves us so much that he would not take us in life or through life and take us to new levels in our faith unless he knew that we were prepared for the new level. He knows if, that, like, if we're not tested and, he, and we're not ready for that next level, when we get there, it could destroy us or it could destroy our faith. And God's not going to let that happen. Why? Because he loves us. He loves you and he loves me. Now, how many of you know that tests, some tests are optional, okay? There are tests that we have in life and they're optional and these are generally in the way of obedience, okay? The Bible is full of simple things in our journey with God as we follow. We teach these things here at church and you can read them in the Bible and they're simple acts of obedience like getting baptized, like tithing, like reading God's word or serving, or connecting, or making disciples, or preaching the gospel, you know, like sharing your faith. These are simple ways that God puts these places, he puts it out there for us to simply obey him. And when we do, we get this great opportunity to grow. 
We get a great opportunity for our faith to grow and see God step in and help us with these simple acts of obedience and, and our faith is built up. It kind of reminds me, um, this used to happen uh, because it's sometimes sad that this is, this is like, we, we take these optional things and we think they're optional, like, and like we're like looking at our friend in church and we're like, yeah, you know, that one's good for you, but not for me. Like, I shouldn't be doing that one. I, I think that's good for you to do. You should go serve, but I'm going to do this over here. You should get baptized, but I'm not ready yet. Or, you know, we do this thing. And it reminded me, like, when I did CrossFit, uh, they actually had the workout online, and, and people would actually do this. I couldn't believe they did it, because you're asking, str- they go, yeah, I looked online just to see if I really wanted to do the workout. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why would you do that? I, I'd never look, because if I looked, I would never go to church, go to workout. Sorry, not church, workout. I mean, CrossFit's crazy, no matter what it is. And, and, and I just knew that if I wanted to grow, I had to show up. And I had, to, I had to pass that simple test of just showing up. And so we got to show up. But there are circumstantial tests that we face in life, and these are not optional. It's when life comes at you full force, and you don't have the option to step out. And that's where we find Daniel's three buddies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's what we're talking about today in Daniel chapter 3. And the title to this message is Stand Up. So I want to pray before we go any farther. Dear God, I know that you have an amazing, important lesson for us to learn here today. And so God, I pray that everything in us grabs hold of this. May you convict us 100%, God. Give us eyes to see you, ears to hear you, and a heart to understand you. That way we might learn and grow and stand for Jesus in our faith. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I want to catch you up. Number one, Daniel 1, that was last week. Uh, that was stand out. Uh, then between last week and this week was Daniel 2. And Daniel 2 is where King Nebuchadnezzar, he had this crazy dream. And, and God supernaturally helped Daniel not just interpret the dream. Literally, Daniel told the king what the dream was, and then he interpreted it. And he told the king, this was for your benefit, king. God helped me do this so that you could know what your future looks like. And the king was so blown away. He was so amazed. Like he literally fell down and worshiped Daniel, not just Daniel, but his God. It was, it was super cool what Daniel did and God did through him. But again, after that happened, the king uh, again promoted Daniel and his buddies to new levels. God keeps doing this. It's the theme of this book. Now in Daniel chapter 3 this week, we're talking about the king. He gets this crazy idea. And he told his craftsmen, whatever, his builders, guys, his construction guys, he goes, I want you to go out to the plain of Dura. And they, they, they believed like this could have been like this enclosed place out in the plain outside of Babylon. But he said, I want you to build a huge statue. And like this was crazy. It was like nine feet wide, 90 feet tall, huge statue. And I believe the king wanted him to build the statue that he had in his dream. This is just my guess. But the thing that the king did different is he wanted the whole statue to be gold. You see, in his dream, just the head was gold. But the head represented the king. But he wanted to rewrite the story because the rest of the parts of the statue were the other kingdoms that took him over. I hope this makes sense. So the king now is trying to recreate his dream, but he recreated it in his perspective. And then he goes another step further. He's going to invite all the influential people all the leaders, all the governors, everybody. And he made this, this plan that they're going to play some music. And when they play the music, 
You need to bow down and worship this statue. Now, to the common, uh, like, like the people of Babylon who had many gods, this wasn't a big deal. They just worship another god, right? But there was three guys in that crowd, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This was going to be a major test for those boys. Because what do you do? You're in this scene. They're going to play the music. What do I do? This is a major test. Now, typically, I'm just telling you, this is what I would do. I would start my get me out of this God prayer. Like, that would be like, okay, God, you got to figure it out. Have my mom call or something. I got to go take this phone call. Sorry, King. Like something. You know how moms call when you're in this crate and they just don't know that you're, never mind. Anyway, um, but he couldn't get out of this one. Like, just so you know, there are times where God is not going to get you out of it. But I promise you, God's going to get you through it. We worship a God, and this is something, I hope you hear me. Like, we worship a God, he's not always going to pull us out of the hard situations in life. Why? Maybe he's got something for us. And he wants us to see that our God is great enough, he he, can get you through it. So, I'm going to give you, there's four things that I think we can learn from these three boys. These three amazing young men on on how they stood up in this time of testing. So four things. I want you to take notes, okay? And if you're not taking notes, take notes because these are worth taking notes on. And and we can learn something because we're going to face tests in our life here today. Uh, So number one, tested faith will stand up for Jesus when tempted to worship other things in the world. Tested faith will stand for Jesus when we're tempted to worship other things in the world. I promise you the enemy's strategy has not changed since this was written. He will always have other things that are better for you to do. There's other, other gods for you to worship, other things to put the, the longings of your heart on, and he will be gladly put that in front of you. But we need to stand up, and we need to not bow down to those things. In Ephesians 6, the Apostle Paul said this. It's amazing. He said in Ephesians 6, verse 12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, did, they, they did it all. They did not bow down. And if you could imagine the scene, maybe you've seen VeggieTales. I think there's a VeggieTale movie of this. But awkward moment, like everybody is bowing down and those three are just standing there and there's crickets going and like, what do you do? Well, their enemies, like, were, they didn't hesitate. They went to the king, and they called them out right away, and they told the king exactly what they did. And they said, king, we all bow down, but these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't bow down. And the king is furious. I mean, that's an understatement. And the scene, this is crazy. I don't know if you can feel it. When you, if you go and read this chapter, they could feel the intensity building for these three guys. I mean, this is a test. And the king is furious. But, number two, this is the second point, tested faith will stand up to declare the greatness of God to save. Our tested faith will stand up and declare the greatness. Our God is able. He can do anything, and he will save me out of this. I believe these three guys had built up some clout with the, with the, with the king, some favor. And the king actually gave them like a second chance. And he's like, and this is what he said, verse 14, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is it true that you refuse to serve 
uh, my gods and worship the gold statue that I've set up? Is it true? And he's just trying to figure out, did this really happen? I can't believe this. And in verse 16, this is how they responded. They said, oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve will be able to save us. And he will rescue us from your power, your majesty. I love this. They are just calling it out. They're not being disrespectful, but they are telling them their God is able to save. And then they go on and they say, but even if he doesn't, and I just wanted to stop. I want you to know that when they said this, their faith didn't like waver. This wasn't a faithless statement. This is actually a unified statement that I have one God and he's the one I serve. Whether he saves me right now or not, he's still my God. And they go on to say, but even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods, worship your gold statue you have set up. Amen? Amen. These guys are amazing. That was so bold. And I am inspired by that one statement right there. And I need to make that. We need to make that declaration in our lives of all the things that try to steal our heart away from our one true God. Needless to say, even though it was an amazing, bold statement that they made, they still, the king's throwing them in the furnace. Like they went in. And, and it wasn't enough that it was bad already. The king stoked the furnace to seven times hotter. It was so hot that, that when the men who threw these guys in, turbans and all, they had all their garb on, they chucked them in the furnace, and these guys were burnt up. The guys that threw them in were burnt up. The fire was so intense. It was so hot. So they, they end up in there. So, so again, the scene just gets intense. But number three, this is number three, tested faith will confound, confuse, and amaze God's enemies. Tested faith will confound and confuse and amaze its enemies. Verse 24, it said, but suddenly Nebuchadnezzar, he jumps up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, hey, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Well, look. Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like the Son of God. Who do you suppose that was? Amen? It was Jesus. And then it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace. He shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they stepped out of the fire, and their high officers, officials, governors, advisors, they all crowd around them. I love this scene. Like, these guys are blown away. And they're standing around these three guys. It said they, they saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair of their heads was singed. Their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell like smoke. Amen? Amen? Come on! Our God... When they stood up, God stepped in and he brought his supernatural protection over these young men. God was with them in the fire. God was with them and he will stand with you when you are tested, I promise you. God said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He said, Become, I've, I, because, behold, I've already overcome the world. In so many words, Jesus is saying, you don't need to fear. Like, I promise you, I'm with you. Number four, this is so important. This is the most important, tested faith will bring others to worship Jesus. Isn't that why we're here? Come on, church. We're to be the light of the world, a city on a hill that can't be hidden. That's what these boys did. Verse 28, it says, Nebuchadnezzar said, 
Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angels to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve and worship any god except their own. There is no other god who can rescue like this. Amen? Amen? Because these boys stood up, they literally gave their God an opportunity to shine. Amen? How many times, like, if we don't stand up, church, we're gonna, God's going to miss his opportunity to show himself real to the world that we live in. Let's do this. Even a wicked and intense king like Nebuchadnezzar said the very things we should all be declaring. All honor and praise. No other God can do this. No other God. We worship, church, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We worship King Jesus. And after this test, they passed the test. After this, again, the king, he promotes them to another level. Do you see it? When we pass the test, God knows that it's a safe place. He knows that he can take us to that next place that he has for us. Passing the test proves that we're ready. And I encourage you today, stand up. Be prepared to stand up for your faith no matter what you face. I want to end with this. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says this. It says, and let us run with endurance the race that has been set out before us. We do this by keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. He is the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Our Lord Jesus Christ, he is not changed. He has given us the great commission, church. Look around at your neighbors. Commission, that means we're all on mission together with Jesus. And we are to go and make disciples no matter what we face in this world. Can I clap? Can we just clap? So this is how I want to end this. I think this is fitting. I think we should all take an opportunity. If if these three boys gave you some inspiration today, if this message inspired you at all, I want you to take your opportunity and right now just stand up for Jesus and let's practice this thing. Let's stand up for Jesus and let's worship Jesus with everything we've got. We're going to go back into the song. Let them have it. Like just worship Jesus and then we'll close this out. Come on, team.